So as you grow, you gotta evaluate every single franchisee, every single location, and make sure you can speak to why they failed or why they, they actually succeeded in your franchise. How to make sure I maintain profitability. Right. I don't wanna go up, and then I heard this interesting topic, it's like, you don't wanna go up the escalator and then come down the elevator. Because that crash is pretty right. hard, yeah. So I don't wanna make that mistake. Today's topic, we're gonna cover what the franchisor should look for when they're picking franchisees. We've had a series of uh, franchise uh, podcast series happening around the franchisees, the franchisors, the FDD documents on a lot of the intricacies. But today's focus is if you're a franchisor, what should you look for in the franchisees to make sure that you're most successful in that concept? So. Uh, today's guest, uh, without a doubt, is an expert in franchising, so he's uh, uh, led smaller brands to very large brands, has dealt on both sides of the equation, understands that franchising, franchising model exceptionally well, and that is no other than our Kendall Ware. So, Kendall, thanks again for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Every time we touch touch on this topic, I learn something new. <laughs> so I'm just I'm gonna it's be a, a sponge today and uh, and learn. So All right. I'm a franchisor. I've got five, six, ten units. Yeah. I want to franchise out. This is actually a very interesting topic because obviously sure. we're thinking about that stuff on our Milagro Capital side. So. Right. What should I do? So you're trying sure. to tell me how to do this thing and how to grow my brand, how to make sure I maintain profitability. Right. I don't want to go up and then I heard this interesting topic. It's like you don't want to go up the escalator and then come down the elevator. That's right. Because that That's crash right. is pretty That's right. hard. Yep. Yeah. So Not I don't want to make that mistake. Right. Run me through this whole concept yeah. of Again, I'm a franchisor, I'm trying to franchise out, yeah. grow my brand. Yeah. I don't have any franchisees, all corporate owned, but yeah. I have big ambitions. Right. Where do right. I go, where do I start? Be patient, and if it truly is something you want to do, you want to become a franchisor, make sure that you can confidently say you've proven out the model. So if the model's been proven out, which means you're financially stable, right? you've achieved the targets you set out to achieve, whatever your performa was, your budget, you're actually able to show that you've proven this model out. And you have a few years minimum, I would say two to three years minimum of operating history that says that yes, this can be replicated because I've done it maybe two, three, four, five, six times. Um, so I know that it's ready and because I have a demand. If I don't have a demand yet, like I actually met a guy last night said he has 2,500 franchise inquiries and he has five locations. Oh, okay. wow. To me, that proves out there's a demand. Not yeah. to say they're qualified, sure, but there's a demand. Yeah. Right? And that, that is a good indicator that it's time to consider maybe franchising because people are seeing something special about your brand. Of course. Now, on the franchisee perspective, it could be what I've shared before, which is, well, they might just be chasing it because it's the hot thing in town. They love it. But that's still a good indicator to you as a franchisor that people are considering investing in your brand. So that's, that's a telling sign. But that's on the, on the front end and on the early stages, that's the first question. Like, would you trust a family member? Would you trust your best friend to invest in this business and operate it? Like, do you think they could actually be successful? Like, keep that on your mind before you go down the franchising path. But let's skip a little bit to a more sophisticated franchisor or maybe an emerging franchisor. They've already proven it out. They have franchisees. They've been in the business. When you're looking at these prospects coming through, you're gonna have your own uh, stipulations and criteria, right? You're gonna have a net worth minimum, you're gonna have credit checks, you're gonna have background sure. checks, you're going to make sure that they have some level of experience. Like there's gonna be some things that you look for and maybe you're even targeted to be looking at certain locations and so if they're not based in a certain state, maybe you're not talking to them. 
maybe you haven't registered your franchise in a state, so you can't even do business there legally anyways. But whatever that is, what you should focus on next after you get through the basic checks and balances is, is this prospect a good fit with the culture? Are they a cultural fit that you could see getting along with the other franchisees in the brand, getting along with the, the support center, and do they believe in the brand? Or are they just someone who loves menu item seven and they've been coming here for three years and they want to buy one for their son, right? Sure. It, there's stuff that happens like that. Uh, but why? What is that What is that operator, that future franchisee, what is their why of wanting to become a franchisee with your brand? Make sure that's clear. Make sure they have one. Make sure they've thought about it. And again, do they culturally fit with your brand? Do you see them carrying out the values and the vision, the mission that you put in place with this brand? Or do you look at them and say, you know what, based upon our discussion, I don't see how this is actually going to work and I don't really feel like they're going to protect the brand that I've created, right, or that I've, I've been nurturing over all these years. Um, so I would start there. Yeah, because it's also your baby. You've, you've put all these energy, effort, uh, resources into yep. it and you just don't want to have somebody come in and just um, make your life more stressful. Just right. do whatever they want. Don't follow the rules and, right. you know, just kind of be uh, a nuance to, to your entire operation, which is then going to hold you back That's from right. doing That's right. that. But if you don't have these characteristics defined, this is going to be very hard. It's going to be very difficult to do this, right? Sure. So you need to understand what it is you're actually looking for, and sometimes that's you sitting down and doing some deep thinking of, all right, what is the type of person I want to have in my franchise organization? If you don't have any franchisees, that is a little bit difficult because you're going off of just what you know today, and you're probably looking more inward at yourself and what your personality traits are to see if that makes sense or maybe who your team is. But as you start to grow, you're going to have some franchisees that fail. You're going to have franchisees that do very well and prove your model out better than you did. Sure, right? yeah. So you want to learn from those mistakes and from those wins to see, okay, what is the character we're actually going after? Uh, so as you grow, you got to evaluate every single franchisee, every single location, and make sure you can speak to why they failed or why they they actually succeeded in your franchise. Absolutely. And then obviously there's a whole bunch of stuff like, again, I didn't know that you had to register in every state that you're franchising. Yes. So there's a lot of intricacies. You can't just say, hey, I'm a franchise, come buy me and, right. or get that 2,500 list right. and say, uh, you know, here, it's like yeah. candy, hand yeah. it all out yeah. and it's just not that simple. So, no. and then obviously I'm sure you, obviously registration stuff and then you have to have SOPs, you have to have everything right. well documented. Right. Supply like, chain, distribution, oh yeah, all that gets into the conversation. And, and as a franchisor, you want to build a sense of urgency <clears throat> to become a franchisee of your brand. Meaning, you don't just want to say tomorrow, hey, I registered in all the states where you have to register. There's of course some non-registration states, but I'm registered everywhere, even in Hawaii, even in Alaska, I'm ready to go. That doesn't make sense until you know where your market or where your brand actually works in certain markets. And so you want to be strategic and create a sense of urgency to say, hey, we've identified seven core markets in the state of Florida. We've mm -hmm. sold two. Now is your chance to get in before we sell out the rest. Right? You want that, that feeling because not only are you being strategic, but you're showing the franchisee that you are being very targeted in a specific area because you know they are, the model has been proven in that state distribution, supply chain, support, all the boxes can be checked, so you know that's the best state to grow in. Yeah, so be systematic. Except for the minimum wage, so bad oh, example, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Right, um, right, yeah. <laughs> that's actually not a good place to, to yeah. go right now, yeah. uh, unless you've got a, a really solid model that's been proven. But um, So that, that's something I would start with, is the culture fit, because you got to remember, 
this is a minimum of 10 year relationship with this person, right? So this franchise relationship is 10 years. If they renew, it could be another, it could be 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Some franchisors do have a 20 year agreement to start. So it's just something to think about, right? This is a, a long-term deal. And so could you see yourself doing business with this person in that long term? Sure, so, yeah. yeah. Any pitfalls to look out for when you're picking potential franchisor or franchisees and just say, look, like, these are the things, I guess that depends on the brand, but anything like these are to avoid and, yeah. and not get into these situations. Or like if you're a small brand and you've got somebody coming in and saying, hey, you only have five, I'm gonna buy 50. Yeah, so you, you touched on two good things and they kind of lead to my next point. My next point is you need to understand now that you've got through the, the basic checks and balances, right? You got through, are they a, a cultural fit or not? Now you wanna understand what their intentions are when it comes to operating this business. Are you a franchisee that wants to be an investor and you have a full-time day job, you live four states away? Like, what is your plan here? Are you trying to be passive? Okay, that's a discussion because maybe our brand is okay with that, maybe it's not. But you as a franchisor have to dictate that. So are they passive and investor type or are they actually gonna be hands-on operators? Gotcha. Right? And if they're gonna be the hands-on operator, then the, the part two question is, well, do you have experience and are you qualified to be a hands-on operator? And that's not always the case. Yep. So as a franchisor, you need to have strict operator policies in place to where if somebody can get come in and be approved as a franchisee, but you will not approve them as an operator, that they know they have to have a qualified operator go through the training program and they're gonna be held accountable to the overall performance of that business. And yes, sure, a franchisee can work out whatever relationship and equity with that person, but if I'm gonna have a franchisee come into the, the organization with no experience and no desire to be an operator, I wanna make sure they find someone who they're gonna be giving equity to to actually be involved in that business. So I know that it's gonna be in good hands, right? Uh, Someone's gonna be driven to, to actually I see, produce. that makes a lot of sense yeah. too, because if, otherwise, if they if they fail, then you fail. That's right, that's right. Yeah. And so that, that's something you wanna identify <clears throat> up front and see where their head's at. Um, and it's okay, you might have the best, well-capitalized franchisee ever, but they're just open and honest with the fact that I'm not gonna operate it and I don't have the experience. So that's up to them. If the model can afford them to pay somebody a salary, give them some equity, and still be a profitable business, then okay, great. But there's gotta be some approval processes that go behind that. Yeah, and um, then that comes to like, I guess the multi-unit operators, absentee owners, et cetera, that yeah. yeah. So to your point though of what else to watch out for, the pitfalls, I would watch out for those franchises, or the, I'm sorry, the potential franchisees that come forward saying, hey, I wanna buy 50 locations. Yeah. I wanna buy 20. Sometimes that is incredible. That can change the game, right? Yeah. When we were at Genghis Grill, we had seven units and you know, a group came in from Papa John and signed a 40 unit deal. That was a game changer for us, but we proved the model out for years prior and I we see. were ready to go. Yeah. And so that, that was a, an acceleration of the business and not a, not a hindrance, it didn't inhibit us from growing, it helped us grow. Um, but there's some brands where they have two units and the guy walks in and says, hey, I'm gonna pay for 50 up front. I got you know, some investors, I don't have any experience, let's go. It's too early in the process, yeah. but as a franchisor, it's going to be so hard to say no to that. I agree, yeah, because you're looking at their growth, and that's what you want to do. That's what you that's wanted right. to do, and now somebody's saying, "Hey, let me make it happen." That's but right. yeah. you know, they may sign the deal and fund some of it, etc., and never yeah. open them or that's open right. and keep shutting them down, and that's right. just makes you look bad. And then now you got to deal with all the paperwork on the franchisor side right. and right. declare that, which is again. It's gonna have Nightmare. a massive uh, cascading effect yeah. that it's yeah. gonna make you look bad because there's a lot opened, a lot closed. Right, so you'll, you'll have some <clears throat> franchises that come forward and in your brand, you might wanna set a minimum. You might wanna say, hey, we only do business with people who are willing to do two or more units. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's three or more units. 
you get to that point when you're trying to grow strategically in a new market. Right now, if you know that you have four states where you operate today, and in those four states you do very well, and there's tons of other territories available, it's okay to allow some one-unit franchisees to come on board, but if you have a one-unit franchisee wanting to come into a whole new state across country, let's say like Nevada, okay, maybe you shouldn't allow that. Maybe you should allow someone to come into Nevada if you can prove, prove out the model, and they have a minimum of three units. But you have to make sure that the capital is there and the experience is there. Now, in today's world, you do have a lot of private equity in franchising uh, on the franchisee side. So you have a lot of franchisee-backed um, operators out there who have this private equity could come in here and they could build out 50 units. And they probably have the infrastructure, they probably have the experience, and they probably have other franchise brands are doing today. So it's, it's, it just depends upon who this person is. But you, yes, evaluate that, but then evaluate you as a franchisor. Are you ready to take on such growth? Yeah, because yeah. it's going to have a have to have a pretty big team to support right. support them, and obviously there's a whole infrastructure that has to be provided. Otherwise, yeah. why would you why would you franchise that concept? Right. Why not just go get your own independent operators? Right, right. So you, you have to you have to <clears throat> figure out what those parameters are as you start to scale. Um, but that, that's some of the things you're looking for. The last thing I would say is you want to create a culture where you are the one who is awarding a franchise to this franchisee. Oh. You're not selling a franchise. Yeah. Most franchisors get in the mindset of I got to sell deals, I got to sell franchisees. And that's not a, a good space to play in. Yeah. Because when you get to that point and those checks start coming to the table, you're probably going to start saying yes. Yeah. You start doing a lot of handshakes and then you forget like, oh wow, they're not an operator. Two years later, you're trying to figure out how to get that franchisee out because they're not willing to get an operator, they're not willing to pay a salary, uh, and they're probably underperforming. And now it's just more of a legal debacle that you should you could have prevented if you would have done the due diligence on the front end, right? And so you just want to make sure that you are you have a process where the franchisee candidate comes forward with their own performance, right? Yeah. Their own business plans. They know what markets are trying to go in. They have some ideas on real estate. They they are really trying to do their own homework on your brand and where they think it can work. And then you want to put them through a process where they feel like they are being evaluated. They feel like they have to gain approval from you and the rest of the leadership team. You don't want them to think that, oh, all I got to do now is fly to their support center, go to this meeting, and then I'm going to open this franchise. Sure. I don't want any franchisee to feel like the process was easy. Because if it did feel easy, then most likely that franchisor does not have enough systems, processes, or infrastructure to truly support the growth of franchisees. I got you. And same for a franchisee. I know it's a little bit different topic, but if it was easy for you to get in, just consider that a red flag. Like if you yeah. walked in the door and you signed and it was ready to go, like there's there's some red flags there. Sure. Right. And then so. that brings up, I guess, on the single unit operators, uh, the supply chain and getting all that set up. That's another headache and nightmare on right. that side as well. Right. So. Right. Absolutely. But those, those are some things the franchisor I would be looking out for. I'd be mindful of and really define who you want this franchisee to be and go after those people. And then of course identify the markets that you actually can and want to grow in. Awesome. Well, that's uh, that's the end of that topic. Uh, thanks for tuning in, Kendall. Thanks Absolutely. for being here. I always always a pleasure. learn and always uh, pick up a new topic. So thanks for joining yeah. in today. Yeah. Thank you.